This is Moments with Foo with James Foo Torres, better known as Foo, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Moments with Foo is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Foo. Hello and welcome to Moments with Foo. I'm your host, James Foo Torres, or you can call me Foo, and it's the name of the podcast. And today I have Chris Latin Slager. He is an author, speaker, and president of Get Loop. And I'm going to let him tell you more about that. But first, Chris, how are you? I'm terrific, James. Thanks for having me on your show. <laughs> thanks, thanks for taking the time to, to come here. And I'm excited to get into storytelling, advice, and things. But uh, let's kick it off with a quick introduction about yourself and your company. Sure. Um, in fact, let me start with a story about how my background is really focused on small businesses. In fact, Get Looped is real quickly about advocating for the value and importance of small businesses. I think it's just so paramount and important that we embrace and support small businesses in our world today. Uh, and it all comes from growing up in a family that was focused around a small business. Uh, in fact, my father, Kurt, had a successful small business. Uh, it started by accident, like many small businesses. He and his brother, Ben, were patching holes in Ben's driveway, and a neighbor saw him and said, hey, would you mind patching the holes in my driveway too? Boom. BNC, Ben and Kurt Paving Company, was born. Growing up, anytime I wasn't in school, I'd be involved in my business, uh, my family's business. My dad would wake me at four in the morning and drag me to this place called Doris's Diner. It's where all the local businessmen started their day. They'd all be sitting around a big table, drinking coffee, uh, talking about their businesses, their families, the town. And growing up in Chicago, that meant that they were also talking about how bad the Cubs were playing again this year. <laughs> when that was done, we'd be off to work. And I learned to do every job possible at that company, James. Started at, you know, managing traffic on busy city streets to shoveling hot asphalt on really sweltering summer days to even driving that big, huge steamroller, you know. And yes, that's actually fun. I can't tell you how many times people were like, hey, can I drive the steamroller? <laughs> no, you can't. I get to drive the steamroller. Yeah. Anyways, when the job was done, the most important lesson that I learned throughout that whole experience, James, was that my dad and I would go and meet with the customer in person and say, thank you for your business. They always appreciated it, always. It became my favorite part of work because it was just such an enjoyable connection. So that went on for years and years and years. And then I remember the first year that I came back from college, I noticed that my dad was treating me differently. Instead of telling me what to do, he'd be like, hey, Chris, what do you think of this idea? Now, if your father was like anything like mine, that was a whole new world of revelation. <laughs> and then it got even crazier because after the summer, when I 
was leaving, when I was literally walking out the door to go back to school, my dad pulls me aside and tells me something I'd never heard him say before. He said, I love you, Chris. And James, it was only a few short months later on a crappy rainy day in November, the phone rings, it's my mom. She's crying. Chris, come home. Your father's died. And just like that, your whole world changes. So I did go home and shortly after the funeral, the accountants over at our house going through all the papers that were on my dad's desk. When he was done, the whole family gathers around the kitchen table to hear what he has to say. He's staring at his hands when he murmurs, there's no money. I'm sorry, but there's no money. I'm thinking, how can this be? What are we going to do? And from that thought, I realize that my mom's sitting next to me, softly sobbing. Instinctively, I pulled her tight and held her close and promised her mom, It'll be okay. I promise it'll be okay. I'll take care of it. I kept that promise, James. It was incredibly important for me to do so. And that's why I'm at the point where I am now, reaching out to support other small business owners, men, women, who, however you identify. I'm here to make sure that those important promises that you make to yourself and to the ones you love, you can keep. So that's my mission, James, to help small business succeed. I love it. I love it. Um, what, what an amazing story. And, and I, I love it how uh, you, you started touching up on, uh, okay, there was, a necess there, was the, there was a need, and then uh, that's how the business was was born. So that's usually how business are are born. So I love the story. And then from there, uh, going into into the, the how much it meant to you for your dad to start noticing you and start noticing the the effort. And and then he he telling you that he loves you and how how that was a a big deal. And and I understand right because this is the this uh, dad's grandparents. Uh, it's a common, it's like, they don't never say like, I love you and stuff, even though you, you know it, you know that they do, right. It's, it, they do it with actions, not with words. So it's, it's funny. And I know a lot of people can relate. I know I can relate with, with uh, my grandpa and my dad's mentally incapacitated, but that's uh, another story. And uh, thanks for, for um, giving us that background plus that heartfelt uh, and how it happened and, and how you kept that promise to your mom. Uh, I really, I really like that. So, uh, um, on that note, you know, uh, on on keeping up that promise with your mom, it, as as you did that, uh, I'm I'm guessing you learned a lot of things. And what kind of actionable tips or advice do you have for business owners that might have made that promise to to so maybe their mom, their spouse, that they they're gonna figure it out. And now they're going out there to, to figure out what, what kind of advice you have for, for those people. Sure. So one of the things that I hear from small business owners is, you know, 
how do I compete against all those big firms? Um, you know, they have all these resources, they have this national reach, they uh, can do X, Y, or Z. And it goes back to the story of where I talk about my father doing what I call the one simple step you can do to immediately improve your customer relationships. One simple step that you can do to immediately improve your customer relationships. Say thank you to your customers, which sounds almost trite, but I promise you it's so rare. <laughs> it's so rare. Customers are almost taken aback by it. So literally, I encourage you, if you do one thing today, one thing after hearing this podcast, say, text, call to your favorite customer. Start easy with anyone that you know is going to have a positive response and it will improve your business and it will improve how you feel about your business. The advantage that small businesses have is that they are a people business. I fully believe and support small businesses are going to change the world because they have the capacity to rehumanize business. They have the capacity to create and build the connection, the humanity about business. So many people think that businesses is about the transactional activity. It's the other way around. It's the human interaction that creates and bonds and builds the transactional activity. When you start to recognize that people are as important as, or actually the cause of your profits, that's when your business fundamentally changes both for the customer and for you. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And, and uh, when, I, when I do my marketing consulting program, one big part of, of the predictable revenue framework that I use is that delivering wow, right? Like uh, that, that surprise, delight, and wow, actually, I should say, because it, it's, uh, it's not about just, it's not about over delivering on your services, right? Like, oh, if I do marketing and I just help you to give you more time to help you with the marketing, it's not about that. It's about really wound them with 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 things like gifts and and things that reassure them that they're more than a transaction it, and it's that relationship building and when you build that relationship that you make your customers feel like you actually care about them and not just about their money and, and just oh i'm gonna deliver my part and that's it it it, when you go that that extra step to build that relationship, that's when everything else in the in the business becomes easier. Like when it comes to upsell them into more stuff, when it comes to uh, uh, have them refer you, and 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 to your point, just when it comes to feeling more fulfilled and and ethical about business, because yeah, we're going out there to like get their hard and money earn money for for improving their business. But it's not just about that. It's also like, look, they, they're, they're having that 
personal relationship makes it so much easier to just even communicate and to and to get into agreements when it comes to decision making for for our business. So I completely resonate with what you said, and and uh, I I it's part of my natural thing that I show you when we talk first uh, the first time before this that it's it's a part of of my my process. So definitely we're aligned on that, and I I I, I agree completely, and that everybody should work on building relationships for business. So it's again for small businesses in particular, it's the relationship aspect is so important. And you touch upon um, how it leverages into um, expanding your business. And so many people invest a lot of time, energy, and money into uh, creating new customer relationships. How do I build my business? How do I get new customers? And they'll use Google ads or Facebook ads or, you know, chat bots or, um, you know, how are we using the latest and greatest technology? So uh, another story that I love to share is this is not a new concept. Investing and focusing on the latest and greatest technology has been going on forever. In my father's case, he would spend hours uh, on, on analyzing how to be able to build you know, new sources of customers. And he invested in his current technology at the time. It was revolutionary. It was called the Yellow Pages. And, and they believe there was a whole aspect of where do you place the ad? What type of type? print you use, use illustrations. And, you know, he would spend hours and hours and hours trying to decide how much he should spend on this. When the reality is almost 90% of his business was referral based. I just saw a poll recently from Gallup and they pointed out that 86% of small business uh, of small businesses get their business from referrals that's where your investment should be in time effort um, and and heart and it's not just a feel good hey say thank you to your customer that's a nice start but really if you want to build a referral business there are techniques that you can use. There are processes that you can systematize to create and build upon your referral business. So I'm a firm advocate that small businesses, it's relationship oriented. And from those relationships, you farm, you harvest, you grow your business through the referrals and the good works you're doing with your current customers. And that's where the harvest is going to be for you. I 100% agree with that. And, and, and I would add that it kind of goes hand in hand is um, making sure that, that you follow up. That's like a, there's a huge part in, in on that, then it could be the thank yous, the, the relationship building too so that's that could be um not just like follow up to like hey pay me or hey uh, like sign up right 
but um uh, but also just that education uh, i think it's a big part too uh when you educate people you have value uh and then they become uh, educated customers and then the way that you communicate and, and build the relationship becomes easier um so so being able to to have those uh systems in place to to follow up right to nurture to to then uh have a, a systematic uh, way to keep building those relationships as you scale that's a very important part to to grow the business so yeah, I, I I completely completely agree. So th those things uh, that I I like talking about movements because uh, that's the tagline of my company, which is empowering ideas into movements. And and uh, I, one big thing is uh, I I call it I have the three pillars. Which the first one is to uh, like that that story that you have that makes you relatable, like who you're talking to, like why. That why is your your past, right? That 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 story, and then you I know you're big in stories too. Then when you go into your mission, that's your present. Like what are you doing right now? What's your current mission? And then there's the vision, which is the future, and that's like where where are you heading uh, as a company, as a brand, and where you're taking your community with you, right? And your community, that's your that's your the customers that you're building that relationship. That's your strategic partners and, and everybody that in your network that you have gotten together to behind that to get behind that mission and that vision and, and that they relate to you uh, to your story, which is the past. So those are the three pillars that I uh, I call the three pillars of, st of starting a movement. And when you go, go get those things in place, and it it it's how you can really have a massive impact and for that you cannot do it without building relationships and have systems to keep building this relationship and have high quality uh relationship as you scale so that's what i would add to that i agree completely james we're we're on the same page on so many different levels <laughs> i love it i love it I, I i agree since the first you know when we started talking i i i felt that and as we keep talking, I just keep uh, confirming that we have a lot of things in common. Um, and uh, do you have uh, any any one or two takeaways that you would like to leave the audience with before we wrap this up? You know, one of the biggest challenges that I hear from small business owners right now is that they have a hard time finding people to work. I can't hire anyone or I can't keep someone. Um, and, uh, you know, what do I do? Do I pay them more? Um, well, many businesses have a budget. Um, I know I do. And, you know, the thing about paying people more, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge advocate of, of investing in our team. Um, you know, the concept of a living wage, uh, actually, the concept of a minimum wage, why would you ever want to put someone in a minimum situation? Um, it's, it's such a, such a dollar short kind of concept to run your business and run your life. I always want to put people in an environment that they can thrive, that they can live, that they can, that they can create, that they can support because their families are your customers also. 
their families are what support your community. So I'm, I'm a strong advocate of always paying more than what, quote, the minimum is. It's not about uh, trying to get by with as, cutting as many corners as possible. With that said, how do you keep employees or how do you find employees? I think one of the first things you do is you ask yourself, why would anyone want to work at my firm? If it's just for a check, um, you're kind of missing the boat on where the world is today. I know that when I was first entering the workforce, that's all that people cared about is just getting a paycheck. Uh, if I could pay off, pay my bills, pay off my student loan and help take care of my mom, I felt I was doing everything well. And then when I got to the point where I could start to acquire things, I thought that that was kind of the ticket to go also. You know, there was a, a well-known movie back in the day. It starred Michael Douglas, and he played a character called Gordon Gecko. It was a movie called Wall Street. Are you familiar with that, James? Or am mm. I dating myself? <laughs> uh, no, the only Wall Street things that Wolf of Wall Street, I guess. That, I saw that one, but not. <laughs> so he plays this character. He's a Wall Street financier. And he's at a stockholders meeting and he gives this really elaborate speech on why greed is good. Okay, that greed is the foundation of change, of innovation, of driving mankind, of, of having people strive for more. And it resonated with so many people in that era, um, you know, the decade of greed, so to speak. And I'm here to unequivoc unequivocally state, greed is not good. Um, greed leads to the corruption of our society and of our souls. It means that we're so selfish and focused on ourselves that the rest of the world can go to hell in a handbasket. And I don't think, particularly when we see the world going to hell in a handbasket, that any of us are really comfortable with that concept. So how do we take an outward looking approach at our business and say, what can we offer that attracts people to wanna work within our firm? And it doesn't matter if you're a dry cleaner or if you're a widget maker. I have a friend, he, um, he's a manufacturer and he literally makes nuts and bolts. It's as fundamental as you can get. Um, what he does is the, he works with machinists. These are, these are um, pretty hand-oriented workers that you think, well, what are they gonna want in a bigger, brighter world? Hell, they want a lot. You know, the millennials, Millennials are people that were born between 1983 and 2000. They're between the ages of what, 40, 39 and 23. So this is your customer base. This is your employee. 78% of millennials believe that the firm that they work at needs to have value and purpose in society. I think 
the majority of people that you come in contact with believe that what we do in life is more than just getting a check. So what is your company doing that encourages them to participate? It doesn't have to be in saving the world, but it can be, how do you save the neighborhood park? How do you create an after-school program that has value to the kids that are dyslexic or have other challenges? What can we do to feel like we're making a difference? This is the differentiation that you as a small business owner can do. It's one of the values and benefits of having a small business is nobody has to tell you what to do. You get to create it. So create the world where people want to work with you to make it better. That's how you get people to come to your firm. I completely agree. Uh, it's, uh, it's a great, uh, great, great observation. Uh, and it's, it's a reality of, of, of what we're living. It's, and, and, and I think it's, you know, I'm a millennial, right? So uh, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I, I believe that we, we were raised in this, there's no internet and now there's internet and now we have access to all this information. So we have the, the, the traditional, like we were raised like that. And then we were started getting exposed to the internet and like being able to, to, to connect with people all over the world. And, and that made it so in my opinion, that now when you see, like you see that other companies are working with purpose and people are happy about going to their work. So now you see that there's options. So you don't feel constrained to your local uh, uh, businesses that, well, I just want to get a paycheck and just be able to sustain my family. And that's it. When you're able to see so many different perspectives in the world, now that we're, we're connected through the internet, now that made us uh, millennials to to be more like okay there is a better way we don't have to accept this greed this just like produce and work for 30 years you're retired and live off the social security and that's it this is your reality period american dream whatever you want to call it right but it, but now that there's options uh it, it, it was starting to be options in in the internet now there's even more options since like pandemic and now we're able to have conversations like this uh, uh, virtually even easier than before. Now it, it, now people really want to be like, look, if I can die at any moment, right? Like a pandemic can come and, and kill us and we're just fragile beings anyway, right? Something just, something hits us. We got a sickness or anything. People are starting to realize like life is a lot shorter than, than you think. And, and we might as well go out with a bang. And, and, and do something that makes us feel good. And it's not just about surviving. It's not like, especially, you know, we, we're so comfortable. We don't have this, this survival drive because, oh, I'm hungry. Let me go get food. I can get it from my phone and get it delivered. Or I can go to the store and then cook it, right? That's the, the extra step now. And still, you go to the store. You don't have to go kill a deer or kill something to eat it. You don't have that. So now that we're past this survival, uh, now what can we do that will be fulfilling? Like what's the next step to, to, to achieve innovation, like you said, and, and, and achieve what, what's the next step for humanity, right? Now there's like 
AI getting introduced. You know, there's there's pros and cons. There's all these different things. But as long as we find our people, find our tribe, and and build those relationships, build that community, and get together, that's when we can together uh, have real impact. And that's why I, I call it like having. You can have a, a micro movement nowadays. Like you can have something that is not gonna be something nationwide, but if it's just enough for, uh, like you say, getting co uh, the community to get together to provide options for dyslexic people. You know that resonated with me because I'm dyslexic, uh, and and those things are are things that I I want to do, and I know there's a lot of people out there that want to do it too, and that's what I'm doing. Uh, is is what I said is attracting my tribe and people that want to have similar things than than I I want to do, and I think uh, you you seem to be somebody that I want to keep close, so we'll talk about that. And, and and so we can get together and have that real impact, that meaningful life, uh, instead of just surviving. So, uh, thanks for 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 giving us that and and for get me uh get, get me going on this topic that I really love. <laughs> it's really been a pleasure, James. Uh, it has been a pleasure. So um, I know there's gonna be people that are gonna be like, hey, I wanna I wanna contact him. He seems like a cool person. Talk more about yeah, Loop. So um, how can people find you? Easiest is on my website, www.get-looped.com. That's G-E-T-L-O-O-P-E-D. Love to be able to speak with your group. Happy to have you buy some of my books. Um, and I'm putting out a monthly newsletter now that gives examples of small businesses that do exceptional things because People are like, well, you know, other people do that. I don't know if I can do that. I want to show you that, yes, you can. People that do extraordinary things are ordinary people that just take action. I That's all it is. I completely so, agree. <laughs> it's really been a pleasure. Uh, thank you. Thank you for 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 being here. I love how uh, you led that there. And uh, that's the reason that I started my business. Because I I read Gary Vee's um, crushing it, and they all he does in that in that book is basically showing you the perspective of the or the normal regular people doing uh, doing things that just because of consistency they got out there they took risks and they accomplished great things and when I listened to that I was like I can do that you know I can do that. And, and that's what that. you're doing too, right? And I love it because, uh, and that's what I'm trying to do too. Is is um, and that's why that's sharing the stories, get perspective. Uh, it's like, look, they can, they did it. With all the challenges and everything, I know I can do it too, right? And that that's something that us humans, it's it's like a natural thing. It's like, look, if I did it, you can. Like we're we're not that different, right? So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, so um, this this was a pleasure. Uh, yeah, this conversation. We'll talk more. Uh, but for the podcast, we want to wrap it up. And so this was Chris and Fu, and this is us signing off. Signing off. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Moments with Fu with your host, Fu. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we will see you on the next episode.